Now, Betty, um, what are we going to do tonight? I'm going to kick some ass! <laughs> Chicago, where the fire serve cold, but the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow. The bulls keep it running, the Sox run the south, the Cubs run the north, but the Bears run the house. True Chicago sports fans got their ears to the streets. Any team make a move, and they never skip a beat. And in this house, this is where we be. Welcome to the show with E Rock and Big Z. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Chicago. Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Episode 80 is brought to you by 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirts. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off your entire order. That is TrueFan15. Get your official TCSF shirts now. Did you say 80? 80, brother. Oh. What? <laughs> As always, I'm Big Z and I hear my boy Iraq. What up, E? What's good, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. If you are a first timer or a long timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm slash true Chicago sports fans. Go on over there and click on support and you can subscribe to the show for as low as 99 cents a month. New year, new you means uh, help your boys out. Throw us a little bit of coin and, uh, you know, we do it for you. Do you like the show? Well, then tell your friends and they will tell their friends and we can all be friends. You know, hey, share the love. Share the love, people. Z, what's up, brother? How are you doing? How, how was your week? Uh, I'm all right. I'm doing a little bit under under, under, under the weather a little bit because, you know, I went back to work with these uh, disease bags we call kids. Um, <laughs> now, it's been a wild week, man. We went back into the building uh, to work after vacation. Uh, students are getting, uh, we're getting tested. Um, then the next day they had a vaccination site for um, the whole community inside the gym and only 16 people got vaccinated uh, for a good seven hours. So I don't know what's going on with the community over there, but that's what happened there. Um, as far as Tuesday night bowling, as usual, uh, it was a preview of the team that we'll see in the playoffs, and uh, we completely destroyed them. Um, we all had great games, so we came to to roll and uh, knock down some pins. And I've also been recruiting for my bowling tournament, which is in two weeks on a Saturday for the uh, Knights of Columbus. And all funds uh, will be going towards a uh, towards uh, putting together a monument for a fallen firefighter. So um, it's going for, to a good cause. And um, I've been recruiting a couple high school guys and uh, one of the guys I bowl with on a Wednesday league. So that's all I've been doing. I actually went bowling uh, last night as well. Um, didn't fare too well just because I'm so used to uh, the courtesy bowling. You know, when someone's on the lane, you don't bowl next to them. And so it was throwing me off a little bit. So um that was it. What about you, man? I don't even bowl that often, and I mean, I feel like that's a, a pretty well-known thing where you don't you don't roll when someone next to you is up, you know, ready to go. So I don't know what that's about, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like a fantastic cause. I mean, I got a couple people, maybe I'll throw them your way that uh, like to bowl and see if they can get involved. But yeah, that's that's absolutely a uh, uh, gorgeous cause and, and something uh, great that, that you're going to be participating in. Now, as far as the, the, the fact that like 16 people showed up to get vaccinated, that's absolutely insane. Like I said, last week we went to uh, the school right over here. We already had our appointment set, but we figured, hey, maybe we'll get in a little bit quicker for uh, me to get my booster and my daughter to get her first shot uh, went over to the school and as I'm walking up to the door there's a guy standing there I'm like what's that wait like he's like I just walked right out and I don't even have one yet because the, uh, the wait was three hours so we went yesterday we went to the Walgreens with our appointment walked right in bing bang boom by the time that uh, you know by the time the ink dried from us signing the uh, the paperwork we already had the shot so took care of that uh you know I, it the first uh first two shots didn't bother me this one didn't bother me a little bit of soreness in the arm but we're all good over here um yeah and then i uh, got a call on uh tuesday night from the homie gigantor and he's like uh hey what are you doing tonight I'm like ah nothing he goes uh bulls game and i was like yeah sure come over he goes no 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 we're going to the bulls game and i was like oh oh shit okay let's go so uh yeah man it was good uh you know i, I haven't uh i feel like my closest friends i haven't hung out with them that's not show related in forever so it was good to go out there you know we stopped by and saw you and your uh your friends over there output and hang out so i mean that was good you know and i don't think i've i couldn't tell you the last time i saw you on a tuesday so I, <laughs> that <laughs> is true yeah i mean but other than that just it's been real busy at work and just trying to maintain and enjoy these uh, nfl playoffs man because this is uh this first week is not always that great because you get some of the better teams in the uh, versus the teams that squeaked in. But next weekend is going to be killer. I mean, these NFL games have been pretty good, except for that. Uh, I think what was it the the Bengals game? There was a lot of controversial calls. Yeah. Um, so that refing uh, um, crew is no longer going to ref the rest of the season. Um, yep. But other than that, like the I mean, the Cowboys lost. They always choke. You know, same what. 10-year challenge same thing um <laughs> the, the, nothing's changed over there in dallas uh kansas city looks like it's up right now i mean that was expected there uh, I, mean, I am cheering for pittsburgh but you know they're just outmatched yeah i mean you know like i said before i i think it's gonna be uh, big ben's last game uh in his career and i says at the very least uh, at least he got to go out in, on a playoff game. Now, one thing I will say is that there was uh, a lot of reports circulating or a lot of reminders circulating about the things that went on with him early in his career when he did have some allegations against him. So don't 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 think it's all uh, you know roses and sh- sunshine over here. You know we we recognize that stuff too. But I mean, I just like the Steelers in general. I, I just kind of like I said, old school uh, smash mouth, hard nose football, and that's that's what they remind me of. So. You know, I, I'm I'm looking out for them, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the Raiders, that Raiders game was uh, that was uh, that was ridiculous. I don't know what the hell that was about. And Jerome Boger and his crew are no longer be calling any uh, games uh, for the rest of the postseason. So, uh, too bad, so sad. This this officiating this year in the NFL has been absolutely horrendous. You look at even some of the Bears games. You look at the Bears when they played the uh, uh, when they played the Raiders. Steelers. It was a bad bunch of bad calls. So the funny thing is is that I'm watching that Bengals and Raiders game and I'm like, the Bears beat both these teams during this season and they're in the playoffs and and Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are at home because they couldn't complete the rest of the roster. But yeah, Uh, ladies and gentlemen, 2022 is here. Playoffs, baby. Maybe you need a fresh start. So let me tell you about a great opportunity with our friends over at ACSI. With over 50 expert technicians in the Chicagoland area, ACSI offers a one-stop shop for telecom wiring. Whether residential cable installation, fiber to the home, or commercial structured cable wiring, 
ACSI is a proud partner of both Comcast and RCN. Guys, let me tell you the most impressive thing about ACSI. During these hard times, the ACSI crew did their thing during the COVID-19 pandemic, and ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. The best part is that ACSI is growing bigger and better than ever. ACSI is now hiring for field sales, technicians, and project managers. Check out ACSI.tech. That's ACSI.tech and click on careers to apply today. ACSI is an equal opportunity employer. Go get you a job. That's right. This week, the Bulls lose three straight and they also lose some players to injury. The Blackhawks get back on track and the Bears finally confirm that both Nate, uh, uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are gone. And today's featured topic, do George McCaskey and Bill Polian have any clue? All that plus stirring the pot and what you looking at. But first, this is the big three with the big Z. Thanks, E-Rock. I'm Big Z, and you're not. Now for today's stories. All right, story number one. Your boy, Djokovic. Yes, your boy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because you follow tennis so well. Uh, Was deported from Australia after losing his bid to stay in the country to defend his title. This story's Mm -hmm. nuts, man. Nuts. All right, so uh, Novak Djokovic was deported from Australia on Sunday after losing his bid to stay in the country to defend his Australian Open title despite not being vaccinated against COVID-19. A masked Djokovic was photographed in a Melbourne airport lounge with two government officials in black uniforms before he left for Dubai. It's not clear where he will go from here. Among the possibilities are Spain, Monaco, Monaco, sorry, uh, uh, or his native of Serbia where he has the most iconic status and will likely be greeted with a hero's welcome the number one ranked tennis star has spent the last 10 days at the center of a dizzying drama over his vacation status uh, vaccination status that has polarized <laughs> opinion worldwide and struck a chord in Australia so essentially he went there for the uh, for the open and he's not vaccinated and if you're not following any news Australia has the most stringent uh, rules when it comes to COVID nineteen, who can come in, who cannot come in, and uh, if you're not vaccinated, they have very strict uh, policies on how to handle that. So you, they, I'm pretty sure they they offered him to get vaccinated, and he's like, no, uh, he, I don't believe in it. It's my personal belief. I don't want to do that. And he pretty much went to, to get a court injunction, and uh, it was denied. Yeah. So he originally. Uh he went yeah he did get that injunction he went over there to try to say hey you know if this is my belief this is my right blah 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 okay well guess what you know one of the things that we uh i we talked about with someone this week they're like well i don't want to have to show my card and this and that and why should i have to throw this and and in chicago and i'm like uh you're required to show your id when you walk into a bar by law uh, you know, you could always, I'm not showing you my ID, but you want to be there, right? So if you really want to be in the place that's requiring these things of you to be there, then you do those things. If you want to be in the tournament, you have to, and you need to get vaccinated in order to go to the tournament because of where it's being held, then you get it done. I, I'm kind of sick and tired of these, uh, of, of the athletes more than anything else, because you look at Aaron Rodgers, you look at everything that went on with Antonio Brown and he's, his fake vaccination cards, everything that happened on with, uh, with a lot of these stars. Uh, this is the thing that that boggles my mind the most 
And we talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. I hate talking about Aaron Rodgers, so I don't want to talk about him anymore. But this is the thing that drives me crazy and boggles my mind the most is the fact that when I go to the United Center right now, I need to show my ID and I need to show my vaccination card. And I need to show them both so that they can verify that the name on my card is the name on my ID, right? Mm-hmm. Why is Kyrie Irving allowed to play in the same place that I went to but he's not vaccinated. It's well known that he's not vaccinated to the point where he can't play in his own home stadium in Brooklyn, but he can come here and play even though he's not vaccinated. Why do I need a card? Why do I need to be vaccinated? But he doesn't. I don't understand that. Yeah, that's a stupid rule. Uh, again, if, if <laughs> these people are out of status, so when they do stuff, they influence them, regardless of it's good or bad, they're, they're an influence on the rest of the world and whatever they're doing. So if you're going to say, hey, I'm not going to vaccinate myself, but I'm gonna wear a mask, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, whatever. But if the if the state of New York says you cannot work in this state unless you're vaccinated, so Kyrie can't work in the state of New York. So there's certain states where he can go in there and work. I think Los Angeles has a straight us uh, pretty much just like New York, where if you have to be vaccinated to work or whatever. Why are these superstars that, getting away with it? But that that was the whole thing with Kyrie Irving is the fact that he can play. Uh, anywhere else except for new york if i I, that's what i don't understand why do i need to be vaccinated to go into the same stadium he's going into and he doesn't need to be i don't what's the difference then at that point now don't get me wrong i'm for the vaccines i don't necessarily think they should be mandated i think that's a kind of a weird thing there but i mean uh if the rules are rules why why can he circumvent the rules here not at home but he can do it you know it doesn't make any sense to me agreed agreed so i don't want to see Kyrie anyways (laughs) <laughs> he lit us up <laughs> Alright Story number two This is a feel good story Out of Chicago Chicago sisters make history as standout kickers For the Chicago, uh, for a high school team The football has always been A sport dominated by guys But two Windy City sisters are showing The guys a thing or two this season De La Salle Institute In Chicago's Bronzeville neighborhood Is all about girl power these days without not one but two standout female cookers who are playing high school football de la salle is the third oldest catholic school in the city of chicago but the meteors are making history for a different reason this fall this is mia loza's second season as a meteor starting varsity kicker i say she's good from anywhere from the 40. Uh, de la salle institute football coach mike boehm said Coach Bowen recruiting the revelation happened as he watched Loza, who was a seasoned soccer player at practice last year. I was kicking a soccer ball and uh, like shooting from long range. He saw my foot and he was like, hey, let's try a field goal. Maybe you can do it. Mia recalled. Hey, maybe she could help us. So you go over there, you bring your long snapper and your holder and she starts booming them. I made it and I was like, hey, let's get you on a football team, Mia said. Uh, Mia racked up more than a dozen extra points this season alone at the high school level. When you're dealing with extra points and even field goals, those points are huge, Bob said. She's more consistent with PATs than any of the boys have been. This year, another Loza sister has joined the De La Salle ranks with Mia's little sister, Sissy, kicking for the JV team. She watched that happen and quickly wanted to do the same, and there was no hesitation, De La Salle Institute Principal Thomas Shurgen said. I'm up for it. If you want me, Sissy said, now we're the kickers for the JV and varsity. 
the sisters encourage each other this is just a, a few good story that, that shows you that anybody can do the job and we were talking about if you're the best person for the job you should get it regardless of color race ethnicity any belief it doesn't matter give me the best person to do the job yeah so i mean this this reminds me of the story that we just talked about either last week or the week before about the australian pitcher the female pitcher uh getting a shot to to play in a, in a high level game and you know that that's the thing is that you know once again it matters still doesn't matter representation is what it is so you can clearly see that these sisters have had an effect on one another that once one got an opportunity to do it the other ones kind of joined in on the family party and and it's literally an exact definition or an exact example of representation it's like well if she can do it so can i and that's why it's important guys this is a really really cool story and uh, look hey finally some good news out of chicago after uh, watching what's going on with these damn chicago bears and the crazy crime rate everything that's going on people breaking into the burberry store and stealing cars in lincoln park and all this other mess and uh yeah man it's been dangerous in the city for the last couple of years so it's good to see a uh like you said a feel-good story with uh with some local kids all right story number three and this one's just for you e because i know how much you like glitter Clearwater women arrested after throwing glitter at a man while breaking into his apartment, police say. Clearwater police uh, said the incident happened just before 3 a.m. Monday when a 29-year-old Sarah Franks and 27-year-old Caitlin O'Donovan showed up at the, at the victim's Clearwater apartment. According to the arrest affidavits, the women began arguing with the man as he stood in on the fence patio located on the ground level of the apartment building. That's when police said they they, uh, they threw a container of glitter at the victim, hitting him in the head and upper torso. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Franks then allegedly jumped over the patio's fence and into the victim's apartment, where investigators said that she threw more containers of glitter at him. She was just like hurling glitter like she was a Marvel superhero. Just here's some glitter. Bam. Meanwhile, the affidavit said that O'Donovan had walked around to the front door of the apartment, so Franks unlocked the door to let her inside. Police said the woman threw more containers of glitter. Well, where are they getting so many containers of glitter? To at the victim before leaving the victim's apartment. Investigators said that uh, Franks kicked a lower apartment window until it broke. The woman then fled the apartment complex in their vehicle. About an hour later, investigators tracked the car back down to the apartment and said the vehicle was still warm to touch. Police spotted glitter all over the inside of the car officials then saw franks walk in the area in the same clothing the victim had told him she wore the time of the incident where do you get so much glitter one and i mean i think i think my question would be what are the, what are these young ladies profession because i think that would answer your question right there but number two you, the, the, you know what this uh the funny thing is that this reminds me of when i was uh when I was working in at Apt, uh, we had one female technician, and her name was Brenda. I'm gonna make sure that I let her know that we talked about her on the show this week because if you left your car door open or your van door open, uh, she would literally go in there and pour glitter inside your vents so that when you turn oh. the vent on to get some air or some heat, you just get blasted with that. So you always had to make sure that your windows were all the way up and everything was locked up because she would get you. Now, I love Brenda. She's cool as hell. But I was like, she I don't think she ever got me. Um, but I've definitely seen other people uh, get that real bad. And it, it, I mean, it's funny. Uh, but I'm sure like that, you know, for the guy that has to go into a bunch of houses that day covered in glitter, he's not too happy. Or if you have to go home to your wife and like explain oh, that you were supposed uh -huh. to be at work and now you got glitter all over you. That wouldn't go well. 
No, not at all. Not at all. Especially, yeah, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's a bad deal. Yeah, I want no part of that. No, and and you know, no, nobody likes glitter. It's a pain in the ass. And then of course, what do I do? I got all, I got all daughters. You do have nothing but women in your house, even including the dog. That's yep. that's just crazy. Yep. Yeah. That's a bad deal for me. Yeah. Well, you you chose it. <laughs> you chose the dog. You chose the wife. I, I, did, I didn't choose that dog. <laughs> the dog chose you. That's right. Thug life. <laughs> oh, man. I'm Big Z, and that's news to me. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Two Chicago sports fans show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15% off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Welcome back to the TCSF podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. This, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is The Loop. A Chicago sports roundup where we keep you in the loop. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome, welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. This is welcome, Chicago. Welcome, Doors welcome, open welcome, on the left at Chicago. Welcome, welcome to Chicago. Z, what's going on at the Madhouse on Madison with the Chicago Blackhawks? But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. The Chicago Blackhawks have been on fire. Exciting nights have been rare for the Blackhawks this season, and the uh, complete performance have been even more rare. But for their lone Saturday home game of the season, the Hawks delivered for, on both. They, uh, the Hawks delivered both. Beating the Ducks 3-0 at a fast-paced, high-quality game to earn their fourth consecutive victory. That's probably one of the best games we played for 60 minutes, interim coach Derek King said, or like he likes to call them, uh, um, Breaking Mad, uh, Walter, Walter White. White. Yeah. We had hiccups and all of that, but we stayed composed and got the job done. The Hawks' largest home crowd since November 26, a rowdy bunch of 18,469 fans, kept the atmosphere buzzing and the team fed off, uh, fed off the energy. They peppered the Ducks goalie Lucas Dosal, uh, who was making his only uh, his only third career appearance with 18 high danger scoring chances and a season, as a season high, season high. Jesus, I can't read because my nose is all stuffed up. Um, hey, look. Uh, go ahead. You know the, the thing is, is we look at the tenants in the in the uh, manhouse on Madison, um, and unfortunately, even though we've seen one team, the Chicago Bulls, you know, on the rise all season, sitting at number one, now we're looking at uh, them kind of sliding back the other direction, and the uh, the Blackhawks actually getting a little win streak there. So, I mean, it, it is encouraging to see some of these young guys do well. 
Um, and we've seen their struggles throughout the season. You know, the fact that they had to fire their head coach, which, which like I said before, should never, never been a coach in the first place. But they, uh, they've been moving up and down. So, I mean, like, look, it, you know, you're not wrong. There has been a lack of excitement for the fans this season. But it's good to see them uh, uh, provide a little bit of entertainment for, for the fans because, you know, especially with a, a fan base as passionate as Blackhawks fans, it is important. It's definitely important. And again, like I was there last week and they played like hot garbage on, on a Chicago summer night downtown. They played really bad. And for them to go over to the Knights, uh, to the Vegas Knights over in Vegas uh, and, and really produce a good win and then get that ball rolling. All it takes is one win to get the get get the the, the season changed, get the uh, the atmosphere changed, get the, get the the bad juju out of the, out of your locker room or out of the building. It, all it takes is, is a couple of wins, and then bam, you're, you're on a, you're on a streak. Now, can they keep this up? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it because I think there's going to be changes coming about uh, during the trade uh, up to the trade deadline that they may move some of these players for future assets. Yeah, I mean they're definitely a, they're a seller and, and not a buyer. But uh, you know, like I said, it'll be interesting to see who they hold on to and they who they they feel that can be expendable for next season. You know, you mentioned their goalie um, and seeing if he's going to be able to find a spot because you know more than likely this could be one either his last or second to last season if he decides to come back next season. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, you know, you you it, it, like I said, it is always good for. A team with such a passionate fan base to you know put together a couple wins and try to get the the dirty taste of that scandal out of uh, fans mouth that's right next up for the blackhawks are the wild and back-to-back nights this week and then they'll finish the week off against the avalanche yeah let's do that hockey uh anyway <laughs> what's up what's up with the other side of the building with the chicago bulls two three four the Chicago Bulls started a new streak. Unfortunately, it's a losing streak. As the big boy teams came into the UC this week, then they put a whooping on our boys, scored 138 points on the Bulls each game. While the Bulls have been playing great basketball as of late, the lack of size and injuries have really hindered the Bulls as of lately. Last week, we talked about the possible trade for Jeremy Grant, and guess what? As soon as we talked about it, it was all over national news, and all these reporters started you know, reporting on it, and it wasn't around uh, Kobe White, but more of Patrick Williams. I believe Acme needs to find a big guy, a Joaquin Noah type, to play defense and and to play defense on the bigs and be able to rebound give us some energy because right now we don't have anybody that can stand even close to uh your kds and your giannis and um and your jokers and all those people we don't have a big guy that can guard like that yeah this has been a problem all season and their size is definitely you know i mean like they have tons of guards which is great but i mean their size has been a problem all season and uh considering the fact that pat will went down so so early i was excited to see what was going to happen when now that they have like a couple of really legitimate scorers on this team and to see what he can contribute as far as like defense was concerned or like being around the basket as far as getting boards and and work on some of his uh his passing and things like that but you know unfortunately that's what it is and now they're hurting uh even more because 
because they're still missing a lot of these players because they they were ravaged by COVID a couple of weeks ago. So, um, you know, that 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 Nets game, I, I was at the uh, we went to an Atlanta game and we went to a uh, I don't remember what's, oh the Pistons game. Pistons. But uh, Jeremy Grant didn't play in that game because uh, he had a I think he had a finger injury. So, I mean, like, let me tell you what. Uh, this game was so out of hand so early that the one that we went to against the Pistons was that me and Gigantor literally like I don't think we watched much of the game because it was like uh, uh, here's tip off and next you know it's like you know 86 to uh, you know <laughs> 33 we're like well we'll just sit here and drink our beers and drink our drinks and have a good time and chill out you know and eat the saltiest popcorn I've ever had in my life that was insane I, I was like my my skin started drying up as I was sitting there um, <laughs> you could have yeah. used you could have used it for the for the ice in front of your house oh yeah seriously that, that was that was bad I was I, I got through I, you know and I get a lot of popcorns we got a popcorn machine here mm-hmm. and I got through like you know three minutes of eating popcorn and, and I was like even this beer is not making this better so we I, I left the rest of it there but <laughs> yeah I mean it's uh these these uh, injuries are starting to catch up to them yeah speaking of injuries the Bulls guard Zach Levine is not expected to miss much significant time after an MRI on Saturday morning showed no structural damage to his left knee Levine will be reevaluated early next week. The team said Levine did not travel with the team for his game uh, this past Saturday in Boston, and he will be target uh, be given target therapy on his knee before the Bulls can offer a more definitive timeline. We're obviously very optimistic and very grateful that it wasn't something more. Bills uh, Bulls coach Billy Donovan said. That's why they wanted to do the MRI. So he'll continue to get therapy and we'll reevaluate him after a period of time. I don't think it's something that's long term, which is a good thing. So the biggest thing right now is how does he how does he respond to the therapy treatment and those kinds of things? I think once they see how he responds to the therapy, there'll be a clear view of when a return date is possible. Levine landed awkwardly when grabbing his uh, an offensive rebound during the first quarter of uh, this past Friday's game against the Golden State Warriors. He took an intentional foul the next play before taking himself out of the game. Did you see this, E? So, yeah. So, you know, going back, we saw them get blown out by the uh, um, by the Nets. And then the very next night against the Warriors, Zach Levine is the first one out there. I'm watching the pregame interview, and he's talking about being excited to get back on track. And Because that, that Nets game was a statement game, and the statement did not work in favor of the Chicago Bulls. Let me tell you this. That was an embarrassing game, and that's another reason why I was pissed off that I saw Kyrie Irving out there. But uh, anyway, let's talk about that Warriors game, because let me tell you what. That looked like a very innocent play. I couldn't. I kept watching. They kept doing the replay, and I'm like, "Where's the injury?" Uh-huh. I'm trying to figure out where is the injury because you can barely see it. It looks so slight. So, um, I think the good news is that you know the preliminary reports came back that it wasn't the ACL, and uh, you know, but you got Derek Jones Jr. That was that was originally projected to be out for I think six to eight weeks, and they brought that down to two to four weeks. So that was a good new, uh, piece of good news. But you know, like I said, my biggest concern about this team has always been injuries because an injury like that especially in basketball can kind of turn you around so quick and within two weeks you're just like you're dejected you're you're you know downtrodden and you're just trying to figure out like how the hell do we recover from this because at that point you just start playing catch-up yeah agreed and then right now with the bulls being decimated by the COVID 19 virus and now you're starting to pile up some injuries we don't have enough bodies we don't I mean, I, there's no one out there that you can say, hey, let's sign that guy. Every team's been chi- signing them. They're, they're guys from 10 years ago. Like, I think Miami signed 
I don't know, P.J. Tucker. I don't know who they signed, but signed somebody from 10 years ago from one of the championship runs. And a lot of the league is doing oh, that. Yeah. It, it was Mario Chalmers. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. <laughs> Mario Chalmers. <laughs> he was in that, the same draft as Derrick Rose. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, right now the Bulls, uh, all we, we wish is a healthy recovery for a bunch of these guys. Acme has their work cut out for them because I think right now the Bulls have been overachieving. I remember at the beginning of the season, I told you they would, they would be a four seed when Mike was on uh, earlier uh, last year. And I said they'd, they'd probably be a four seed. They're number one seed. I think they're overachieving, and they'll come back down to earth, uh, especially these next two weeks where they play uh, high competition of uh, basketball. But, I mean, what, what that shows you is what they what they can do at full strength and what they can do at their, their best of their ability. Now, that early um, road trip to the West Coast, when they played against the, the Nuggets, they didn't have to play against the, the best players that they have. They didn't have to play against Joker. They played against the Lakers without LeBron. They played against the, the Nets or the... Uh, um, the Clippers without Kawhi. So they went through, I, I think, uh, when they played Golden State on the West Coast, uh, I think Curry wasn't there. So they went through all those teams out there, and they didn't have to pl- uh, play and, and face the big guys. Then when they play the Lakers again, you get uh, LeBron out there, and he's, you know, making a stink for them. Uh, they played uh, the Nets really hard uh, in New York this season. So, you know, they, they can play at a very high uh, level when they play at their full potential but you know you look overall and especially with the nets with when you look at how deep their bench is the fact that blake griffin is deep on their bench um the, uh, you have uh, lamarcus aldridge on that team you have so many good players on the team that and that's that's how they, they they did it by design i mean look at tom brady's uh uh buccaneers right now or lebron's uh, lakers you know it's the same concept and it's just east coast versus west coast you know um but you know the bulls Again, my, my biggest concern has always been the health. And we saw the chips start to fall very early with Pat Will. And now we're seeing how they got ravaged with COVID. We saw Kobe White coming uh, in and out of uh, COVID protocol and being injured because he didn't start the season. Um, we saw, we're just seeing this start to pile up. And I would say, if anything, the good thing that it's happening now before the All-Star break, because, you know, we want our guys to shine at the All-Star break, but, you know, in the All-Star game, but maybe it's not the worst thing that they get that rest that other players might get. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want to see him shine, especially Zach Levine, who never seems to get the respect that he deserves. But maybe it's a better thing for them to get their rest in that me- in the meantime. Yeah, if if I were, I mean, obviously they're going to make it to the All-Star game and they might be the starting back uh, the, the, the backcourt. But I would say, hey, coach, um, do me a favor. Play them six minutes and then pull them. You know, six minutes for the whole game and then pull them. I, they don't. They need more rest than they need to to be playing out there, uh, pick up basketball. Well, I mean, it's it's not just that, but I mean, just to, to have that break to get healthy because that's that's where they're hurting. And you know, uh, when you look at a fact, you look at the fact like a team like Golden State is is out there and they they're not even playing Clay at full strength yet. He finally came back. Good for him. After all that time, he had to spend off two years out basically. Um, you know, but a lot of these teams, you know, we're, we're seeing what's going on with the Knicks. I think Julius Randle was injured. We got to worry about these injuries. And, and we look at the fact that they lost to the Nets. They got blown out, right? They lost to the to the, uh, to the Warriors when Zach went out and they got uh, they got blown out there. Then they go over to Boston and lose by two at the end of the game. I yeah. mean, it's just this is a bad little streak right here. And you don't want that ball to start rolling the opposite direction. That's the big fear I have because I think... I think they've built up a little bit of cachet 
But I also think now teams are paying attention and they're not sleeping on them, so they're going to play them a lot harder. Like I said, look at the, the way the Pacers have been playing them all year. Yeah, the, the NBA has already picked up on, on how to play the Bulls, and a lot of it is get the ball out of, of DeMar Rosen and have everybody else beat you. And if you don't have Zach Levine or Lonzo Ball in your lineup, it, it rests on, on the rookies and the second-year players there. So uh, shout-outs to Io on his first triple-double. Um, he played his, his nuts off over there in Boston. Uh, I know they came up short. So um, the Bulls next up for the Bulls, they have the Cavaliers. Fuck Ohio. They have the Bucks of Milwaukee with Giannis and the Magic, where they'll see Daniel Gafford again. So, what do you think they uh, on this uh, this three game uh, week? How do they come out? Yeah, I mean, like the thing is, is that the Cavaliers—they're still getting used to a guy like uh, Rajon Rondo, and I think actually I saw an article this week that talked about a little bit about uh, your boy Larry, Laurie Markkinen, um, and how his his bad habits and the things that that annoy you about him are starting to already pop up with a short tenure with the Cavaliers. I mean, it's it's very frustrating when you look at his lack of. Uh, efficiency when you know what kind of potential he has you know i feel i just feel like lowry doesn't work hard enough but yeah i mean they're already starting to kind of feel that over in cleveland i think they can win that game but again you know right now they're going to be relying on these first and second year players so they really have to be able to kind of just go in there play good fundamental basketball and i think that's one of the best things about having a guy like uh, billy donovan at the helm is that you know coming from a college background coming from you know uh florida and, and all that time and then his little time in OKC, he knows how to implement and keep you on your toes as far as it comes to fundamentals. And there's no reason that these uh, te- these bulls should not be prepared every single night. Agreed, agreed. All right, before we get out of here, I'm going to give you a couple of White Sox notes. Of course, you know, White Sox, White Sox baseball, baby. Uh, yeah, stay out of White Sox business. Other uh, White Sox have made a couple of moves. Outfield Oscar Colas, Colias, Colas, Colias. Which Come one? on, this is your own player. I know, I'm joking. Uh, the number five international <laughs> hey. prospect, according to MLB Pipeline, came to terms with a $2.7 million deal uh, with the White Sox. This is according to Jesse Sanchez, which was reported last Saturday. According to Sanchez, the Sox um, and outfielder Eric Hernandez agreed to a, um, a term of $1 million as well. Um, rank, Hernandez ranks as the number 28 international prospect. So they picked up... Two guys, uh, Colas is double is dubbed as the Cuban Otani, but he no longer pitches. Uh, he's going to be a future middle of the order hitter. And then Hernandez, who just turned 17 on uh, this past Saturday, was born in San Cristobal, Dominican Republic, and he hits and throws left-handed, which is what we need. We need a left-handed guy. Um, the Sox are expected to officially announce the international signings in the next couple of days. International signs are not affected by the lockout people, which has put a freeze on moves pertaining to the major league free agents and players on the 40-man roster. So international signing, that's still something that happens around this time in January, but that doesn't, um, because of the lockout, that doesn't interfere with that. Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) call, call Call me when the lockout's over. I don't care. I don't want to hear none. Of, I don't hear want to talk about or hear about no baseball until they figure shit out and let's get it. Let's get it going because I want to know what my team's going to look like. I want to know what your team's going to look like. I want to know what the league is going to look like. Let's figure the shit out and get it over with. At this point, uh, you know, we're, look, we're already in uh, mid January, uh, a month away from a spring training, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, man. Uh, I don't want to hear it. I don't care about your international players. I don't care about your AAA. I don't care about any of these uh, low-level players. I want to know where Carlos Correa is going, and I want to know how much the Cubs are going to pay him to get here. That, that's that's all you need to know, and, and let's get it over with. 
I, I don't I don't want to hear nothing about anything else. I agree with you. Let's get I want let's get baseball back on the field because that's one yeah. of the most exciting and, and, times and, of the year. And, for us. and and it's not it's still football season, so I'm not trying to talk about baseball yet. Don't don't get your your both of your teams are out. First of all, <laughs> until the Super Bowl, none of my teams are out because I'm still watching football every week. No, no. You know how that is. You are going to watch no. football. Yeah, but I'm just saying, your teams are out. Both of them. I'm just still going right now. We're only down by 21. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. The 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 uh, Mahomes not going about to score right now here from the five yard line. Not at all. It's all okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, ease delusional at this moment. We'll be let's take a pause for the cause, and we'll be right back with some three and out after a quick word from our sponsors. We all know that 2020 was no joke, and with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded Hacia's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out acsi.tech and click on careers to get started. That's acsi.tech and click on careers. Welcome back to the TCSF podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. (laughs) Are you ready for some football? This is three and out. All right, since our last episode, as we predicted, the Bears fired head coach Matt Nagy. He'll be working at the McDonald's near you very soon. One thing we weren't 100% sure about was the fate of our general manager, Ryan Pace. Well, he gone too. What are your thoughts on the firings of Nagy and Pace? We've been debating this for months and months, but now... Eddie has a floor. Yeah, man, it's official. It's official. It's official. I know Tony is happy because he has been saying fire Nagy for the past like uh, 187 years. He wouldn't shut the hell up about it. But like I keep reminding people is that the Bears do not fire coaches in the middle of the season. Um, there was a lot of things that brought this up. or You know, this. there was a lot of things that led up to this moment in time. Uh, number one, the fact that we saw the regression from that first season where they made it to the playoffs and we just saw them go down and down and down. Now, Matt Nagy tried to ride that wave of the 2018 season and instead regressed. Now, one of the number one things that that led that off. Now, don't forget, we start off with Cody Parkey with the double doink. That's how that, that season ended. I think a lot of people, if you talk to a lot of football experts, a lot of football fans, if they would have hit that, they would have went pretty far in the playoffs that year. The defense was firing all cylinders. Uh, 
Vic Fangio had them in position to get their interceptions and they got a couple of touchdowns and they just had one of those magical defensive years, which you see out of the Bears every 10 years or so. So when Fangio left, you know, it really hurt him, but it also hurt the Bears because, you know, we saw that there was not a progression. They brought in uh, Chuck Pagato and he just really did not bring out that the ferocious nature that we saw out of the Bears in that season when they went to the playoffs. And, you know, Fangio, what do you do? He go over to the Broncos. It didn't work out for him either. And the D has never fully recovered from that moment. No, they really has it. Uh, you, you let, well, Fangio left because it was, we talked about this. It was his time. His number was called to get a head coaching job. And now we know that he's not really a good head coach. He's more of a coordinator. Some guys, you have to move up to fail and come back down. And then uh, who, who was the, uh, the next coordinator? Uh, uh, Pagano. That was a different system. That's a completely different system that, that they were going to input there and a different strategy, one where, where Fangio uh, was more aggressive and Pagano's more laid back. There's not much blitzing. So that's what happened. I mean, and then you got Nagy agreed. He, he, was, he started off on the, the top of the mountain and just went down and down and down and down. And yeah, he came in here with a quarterback he never wanted. So yeah, so now we look at the fact that, you know, these coordinators left, okay, they keep switching guys in and out, which is the Bears' way. This is what the Bears do. If you if you don't believe that to be true, just ask Jay Cutler. Ask Jay Cutler how many offensive coordinators he had while he was the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Okay. Now, we look at what led the Bears to get rid of Ryan Pace. We can go through it. We can, we can look at the fact that the two biggest mistakes that we think he made was obviously drafting Mitch. I, I kind of, uh, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily a Mitch fan, but I wasn't a Mitch hater either. I feel like he was put in a bad position. I feel like he was drafted too high. And because of that, it kind of hurt his reputation because he should have been drafted much lower. And that wouldn't have put so much pressure on him with that moving up to be the number two overall pick. That's whatever. But the other thing that happened was that Pace was the one that brought in Matt Nagy. Now, at the time, there was a lot of teams that were going after Matt Nagy. Okay, it's not like the Bears were the only team that was that was looking at him, licking their chops like, oh, we got the next guy. We got the next guy. But if you look at the fact that what he did at the end of his career with the Kansas City Chiefs and the fact that they couldn't get out of their own way in the playoffs and that when he did become the play caller over there, he couldn't do it very well. And he brought that over here to us. The one thing that's always very curious to me was the fact that they went they completely went away from the things that made the offense successful in that first season. I don't know why, I don't know what it was, but they just completely abandoned it. Okay. Now we're learning more and more about what that locker room was like with Nagy at the helm, including him saying that he never trusted Mitch Trubisky. And I think I said that over and over and over again. But he did it to the point where it was flat out disrespectful. We found out this week at the end of one of Matt Nagy's first seasons with the coaching Mitch that they were scheduled to sit down at the end of the season and talk about what they needed to work on. So Mitch Trubisky got his notebook. He put his notes together and he showed up for the meeting and pace, uh, not pace, Matt Nagy never showed up. He just completely left him to sit there to the point where Mitch sat there, left his notes in the room and stormed off. Now, I don't care any job that you work. You're not always going to be BFFs. You're not going to be best friends with your coworkers or your boss or whatever it is. That's usually not the situation in, in any job at all. But for you to sit there and set up a meeting with this kid who you know needs that guidance, who you know needs some a, a path to go down, 
and you leave him to hang out there to dry and you don't even take the meeting with him when he's sitting there waiting i can't i'm like i said i am not a mitch lover and i'm not a mitch hater but at the same time matt Nagy did this kid wrong and we saw it time and time again matt Nagy proved that he did not like mitch so regardless of what you think about mitch or not yes he was drafted too high yes that was pace's fault but pace also brought in matt Nagy, and matt Nagy is the one that fucked that up yeah so let's let's start right there where, where pace hired Nagy, and there was already a quarterback in place all right so matt Nagy came into the interview like uh someone who doesn't have a degree in uh you know i don't know astro science or some kind of high degree you know you're not a rocket scientist and you apply for nasa and you say you know how to do all this stuff and then they put you in front of a computer and you shit the bag that's exactly what matt Nagy did he he fudged his credentials made himself look good said i i i can fix mitch you know what i know he i we i i i, uh, I uh, scouted him and i scouted uh, deshaun watson and patrick mahomes and i think mitch is a really good quarterback he can be the next one of these guys he fudged that whole thing just to get the job and he got the job and then he shit on the kid the entire time he was not professional at the end of that season where he says hey kid um i'll see you at the uh end of year meeting where we can discuss a couple things make you a better quarterback let me know what you're seeing i'm gonna tell you what i'm seeing and then we can come to a consensus on how to fix this and this motherfucker doesn't show up i would be yeah, i, mean, I would pissed yeah, it's, it's flat-out disrespect, and I talked about it all last season, the fact that during the first three games of the season, Mitch, uh, they were down, and Mitch brought him back up. Mitch helped them get to 2-0, and in the middle of that Atlanta game, when he was in the middle of trying to make him uh, mount a comeback, what did they do? They pull him in and put Nick Foles in. In the third game of the, of the year, so what you're telling me is that you sat there, you wasted Mitch's final year with the Chicago Bears, basically con- uh, completely and totally destroying his confidence. I mean, for all the reports that I'm seeing about Nagy, uh, we saw Eddie Jackson, we saw a couple other players come out and says that, yes, he's a player's coach, we really love playing for him and that's what i believed up until those until this point but now we're seeing reports and i'm sure it just didn't leak out because he was still with the team but we're seeing reports that matt Nagy would literally berate mitch Trubisky in meetings in front of the whole team that is not how that works especially with a a a relationship between a head coach and a quarterback and not just that but the head coach that was a quarterback himself and is is the play caller it's you you are the one out there putting this roadmap on there trying to guide this kid and and basically throwing him into a brick wall and a dead end every time but it's his fault that's bullshit man i'm sorry we look we we uh, the more and more we hear about matt Nagy, the worse it gets alan robinson came out and said that he hadn't talked to Nagy in five months leading up to the end of the season I mean, this, like I said, this makes sense considering that his targets uh, dropped significantly. And what, when, when we did see him on the field, uh, you know, he just gave a home plays. And he was like, you know what? I, why why am I going to work hard for you? I, the best thing that Alan, Alan Robinson could do right now is find another gig. The, it's just, it is insane. And like I said, I gave Nagy the benefit of the doubt. I, if the Bears do not get rid of head coaches in the middle of the season, that's what they do. That's what they do. I don't see a point in getting rid of a, a coach in the middle of the season. I don't think it does you any good. But, I mean, this is just reprehensible when we hear more and more about what was going on in that locker room. What what comes to mind right now is is, like, the meme with the uh, um, a Scooby-Doo and 
you pull off the mask and hey it's mark tressman all over again just indeptic just unable to be professional unable to um manage a playbook unable to take your talent and fix the playbook to fix the uh, to, to to adapt to the talent that you have that's what a coach does you make adjustments every 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 quarter every half every game every week you make adjustments and matt nagy like you said could not get out of his own way and would never make adjustments and then guess what the buck stops with the general manager because you brought him over here so that's where that goes as for the Allen robinson thing that, that that looked like from play one of game one he was nowhere to be found he was running half fast routes um I think what I don't even know how many catches he ended up with. I'm pretty sure it was under 100. It wasn't a lot. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. No, it wasn't a lot. And the thing is that because he's not playing hard, that might be detrimental to his next contract. Because you know, like that was your contract year, that was your franchise tag year, and you did nothing. Now he may be able to have to back it up with insiders who know who Matt Nagy was and people to vouch for him. But is he going to get paid? Paid? Probably not. I don't think he's going to make a ton of money, but I think that w- what we're hearing from a lot of these coaches or a lot of these uh, players that played with Matt Nagy, um, we're hearing that, you know, while we the perception on the outside was that he is a player's coach um, and, you know, the cold club dub thing and all that stuff, the way he seemed to want to celebrate with his players. But it was just I think what it was, it was, it was the way that he singled out the individual in this case being mitch and it's almost a uh it's almost a case of being frustrated at your son for being just like you because matt Nagy was not that great of a quarterback there's a reason why he didn't make it to the nfl and there's a reason why his highest uh, level of competition when it comes to football was the arena league okay matt Nagy was an arena league superstar i think he went to a championship and won one of those good for you um but you know it's like being mad at your son for not running fast even though you're the one that you're the reason why he doesn't run fast because he has your genes, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that is exactly what this uh, feels like. And that's what it seems like. And, you know, like I, I, I give, I have given Matt Nagy the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the fact that yes, it's his first head coaching gig. You know, you need time to develop into the role. But I think as the time went on, what he did was proved to you that he can't handle the pressure of the job. Whether he's able to do that in the future or not, I don't know. But as far as Allen Robinson making his money, more people coming out and saying that they believe that Matt Nagy had no idea what he was doing is actually beneficial to Allen Robinson. It's going to be like, hey, I, I see what you had to go through. You know, you spent all those years playing with Blake Bortles on the Jags, and then you come here, have what, a one and a half good seasons. But I mean, you look at, we talk about Ryan Pace, and yes, he had some hits, but his misses were big. And one of the one of the hits that he did have, in my opinion, is Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields, basically, like the first week that he met Matt Nagy, he came out and essentially said that he's a fraud. When you look at I don't remember exactly the press conference what it was, but Justin Fields literally stood up there at the podium. And when he was talking about Matt Nagy, he goes, he coached me to the best of his abilities. (laughs) Meaning that you know what that means? That means he didn't know shit. that means at least you tried. That's what that means. You're basically, you're telling me that you don't know how to deva- uh, adapt to the way that I play. Put plays in place that make me successful. Put put the uh, you know get get the get the routes out there so that we can get down the field. Nope, you did the best of your ability. Good for you. And Justin Fields saying that. And I, and I'll tell you one other the one other nugget 
from this whole thing. When Jay Cutler was on the radio this uh, this week talking to Waddle and Sylvie, he talked about his relationship with the Chicago Bears and the way that they do their business up at Hallis Hall. And the one thing that he said was that he basically could tell almost immediately, the same way that Justin Fields recognized how much of a fraud Matt Nagy is, is that he, right away, Jay Cutler understood that this is a very flawed organization as far as the way that they run football operations. And this is a guy that's coming from Denver, a place where you got John Elway and you got very successful football people over there. And he comes over here, he's like, where are the football people? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you look at the, the half of the, uh, the ownership, they just come out and say, yeah, I'm just a fan. I'm hoping we get it right. What kind of bullshit is that? No, it, it seems like uh, he came from... Uh, from a technology, techno- from having all this technology for like, let's say he had the iPads or the surfaces out in Denver, and he comes back to the Bears, and it's like, hey, here's a three ring binder with all our plays. Here's a speaking spell. <laughs> uh, what was that machine with the um, in school where they would re- replicate? The, it was kind of like the copy machine, but it was like it would come out in purple. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the fucking uh, it's a rolling old rolling pin rock. machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kids would be like yeah. smelling the crap out of the purple stuff. Like, I'm like, you guys are fucking nuts, dude. That's insane. But whatever. But that's exactly what what he he came from. Such a a, a uh, organized organization where everything was in place. You had departments working with each other, communicating with each other, and everything was accounted for. And then you go to you know the Chicago Bears, and you're like, oh, all right, so. Uh, Where's the uh, analytics department? What, what, what's that? We don't have one of those. We have a guy. He sits in a press box and he he takes notes for every game. Yeah. That that's exactly what happened. And then you come. And he has like seven coordinators and what two two coaches? Seven coordinators, two coaches. I mean, it, it was really bad. And then you take a weapons after weapons away from him. He had a he had a raw deal here. He had a raw deal. He, you know, he he really did, and we go go up and down. I saw someone this week putting uh, Devin Hester receiving highlights, and I'm like, this is th- there was like three catches. I'm like, you know, he was a terrible receiver. Wh- who who are you trying to fool? I mean, I feel like a lot of people look at some of the older older players that were around 10, 15 years ago with these rose colored glasses, like they're just these these magical beings. When those that team didn't win anything either. They they won a couple of uh, uh, um, division titles, went to a Super Bowl, couple of playoffs here and there. They didn't do anything either. You just know their names more. You know what I mean? Like and and I don't know, man. I, I just I get very frustrated with Bears fans, and and they get frustrated with the team. And all of this leads up to the fact that when you look at the current regime, the guy that was responsible for all this chaos is Ryan Pace, because like you said before, he put him in a bad position when it comes to the the their cap space. They don't have any draft picks. They only have five picks going into next season. They wasted a ton of money on these inept quarterbacks just because they were so desperate to get someone behind. And don't forget, it was Ryan Pace who decided not to bring back Jay Cutler when Jay Cutler looked like he wanted to play a couple more years in the league. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have blamed him one second. If they did offer him some money, he goes kick rocks because I can't deal with this organization anymore. Bring in a Ryan Pace when you're on the last year of your contract with, with Jay Cutler. I wouldn't assign with the Bears either. And and I don't know if Pace uh, decided against bringing back Cutler or what, but if I was Cutler, I would have like, screw you. I've seen enough turnover in this organization to know that this is just going to be another way of spinning your wheels. All that brings me back to us talking about the head coaching candidates. And I'm going to get that in a few. But right now, I want to talk about this week's featured topic. 
the McCaskies and Bill Polian. Now, the Bears put together a search committee who is supposed to help uh, George McCaskey find the next GM and head coach. The weird thing about this is it seems like they're trying to do these. They are. It's not, it seems that they are doing this. They're, they're looking at both the GM candidates and the head coach candidates at the same time. Now, if I'm not mistaken, typically you get your general manager and he's the one that picks your head coach. Right. This sounds like they're basically setting the next guy up for failure again, or at least excluding him from the process, because that's exactly what they did with Ryan Pace when they brought in John Fox. So let me give you a real quick uh, look at these this uh, committee that they put together. George McCaskey, we all know this guy. Uh, he's a bum. Next. Ted Phillips. Okay, well, we heard that Ted Phillips is no longer going to be involved in football. He's going to be moving on more to the business side. Thank God it's been 20 years too long. It sounds like he's going to focus more on the stadium that they want to build in Arlington Heights. Okay. Bill Polian. We know Bill Polian because he has said some wild shit like uh, Lamar Jackson is going to be a great wide receiver. Um, he's real weird little salty racist things over his time. But he is also a Hall of Fame GM and he helped construct uh, you know some of the greatest football teams of all time going back to the Buffalo Bills he was the one that was there when they went to their back to back to back to back failed Super Bowl attempts and he was also the GM of the uh, Indianapolis Colts when they brought in Tony Dungy okay 80 years old let's see what you got unless you find another one like you I don't think I don't, I don't understand how a guy that hasn't been involved in the NFL for 10 years can help you that much but whatever Lamar Soup Campbell, Soupy Campbell, not the one from the Hawks. Okay, this is not the redheaded guy. Uh, Soup Campbell is on the board to offer his perspective on the candidates, including and especially how the players will respond to the candidate as the leader. Okay, he is the president, vice president of player engagement. So I guess his job is just to see everyone's getting along. How are they being taken? You can care within the uh, in the organization, and the last person that's going to be helping them with this committee is a young lady by the name of Tanisha Wade. She is the new senior vice president of diversity, equity, and inclusion. She is the second voice on the committee, offering a younger perspective while ensuring diversity will be an integral part of the process. Per McCaskey, she is involved in all of our hiring. These are the most significant hires we make. Diversity is a critical part of the process, and we are committed to providing a fair opportunity throughout the process to people of color. So you look at Tanisha Wade and you look at Lamar Soup Campbell, and it looks like uh, I don't want I want to be as crude as I am, but it looks like these are their token people of color that they brought on. Because aside from that, you have uh, old white people, mm -hmm. old white dudes yep. that have done a terrible job at this so far. So I'm looking at the Batman and Robin of this equation. And I'm looking at George McCaskey and I'm looking at Bill Pullian, who are good friends going back a long, long time. And my question to you, do they have any clue at all? Is there any way that you have enough faith in them to find the right general manager and then the right head coach? No, there's no faith at all, because for the last 30 something years of uh, uh, Bears football, there's been an aptitude all up and down the organization. Now, right now, what they're doing, yeah, you got an 80-year-old Bill Polian. He might be too old to know what's going on. I mean, I don't know. You, you mean you got uh, Virginia McCaskey who's going to turn 100, and then you know he's he's 80. Uh, George is what in his 50s, and George George literally said in a press conference, "I'm not an evaluator of talent. I'm a fan." So how can you? hire someone if you can't evaluate talent 
bring someone who can, who has a proven record of evaluating talent, and say, hey, I need you to be, put a committee together, an outside committee, and I need you to run this this way so that way we're not involved and we're not tainting this. So here you go, run it, hire your GM first, then hire a coach. You don't hire the coach and then a GM. We did that. And guess what? It didn't work. It didn't work. What you have to do is do it correctly. Who is the best GM available at the moment? Get your top three candidates, interview them, find out what they want as a process, what they, what they want as a future. Where do they want to take this organization with, the, with what they have now? Because the GM that comes into the system right now, like we said, has five draft picks, has barely any cap space, has an aging defense, and um, no weapons on offense. So you're literally handicapping this GM from the get-go. The coach is going to be in the same in the same saddle. They're going to be on the same horse. One's going to be hugging the other one, kind of like Putin and his and his boy on on a horse. They're going to be riding off to the sunset off that damn fucking cliff. Because guess what? If they if they can't change these things, they can't change the cap the the, the the cap space. They can't change your draft capital, and you can't add more talent. Then the Bears are going to be the same thing for the next GM and the next coach. So wash rinse and repeat that's where it's at that's why i think it's gonna happen to me the biggest mistake that they're making right now is not looking into hiring someone to be a president of football operations who would basically supersede your general manager as of right now because of ted phillips no longer being involved in the football side of things per george mccaskey the general manager will report to him the general manager is going to report to the grandson of the team, uh, of the, the, the guy who basically founded the NFL. And he is a fan of football. He's just a fan. He's come out several times. He goes, I'm not really a football guy. I'm just a fan. No shit, Sherlock. You're not a good evaluator of talent. You have no business being in that role. And you're only there because your family is there. Don't forget, the Bears are not one of these families, are not one of these 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 uh, ownership groups that is made up by a bunch of billionaires who made their money in tech or in Bitcoin or in whatever weird thing that they made their money in and then decided to buy an NFL team. Their family is essentially NFL royalty, but the problem is, is that just the same way that the royal family in, in England really has no political bearing except they're just rich people that can flaunt around their money. They have no political bearing in, in the in the country whatsoever. They're just there. It's just a big deal because they live in a castle. All that shit's outdated. So are you. This is an out. You can call them the royal family of the NFL, along with the Roonies, along with the Mara, along with all these families. But it doesn't matter because you guys don't know shit about football. You guys are stuck in 1985. And that causes the fans to be stuck in 1985. Yes, one of the greatest defenses of all time, one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time, one of the only uh, defensive players to win the MVP of the Super Bowl. But that time is gone. You have to move with the times. The Bears refuse to put themselves in a position where they can continually get in good players, draft well, develop a quarterback, develop wide receivers, and maintain some type of salary cap where you can actually add onto your team every season instead of having to get rid of people because you overpaid them the year before. 
it's so frustrating to watch this franchise do the same thing like you said rinse and repeat they're not doing anything different there is a lot of really good candidates out there but i have the fear that just the way that they ruined mitch trubisky they are going to ruin this because they are not structured properly to put together an organization that can win on a consistent basis there is absolutely no reason whatsoever why any general manager in his life should ever have to or want to report to a guy like george mccaskey no there, there should be no reason for that at all <laughs> i think george is at his as it's at he's at his table you know coloring coloring in uh coloring pages as they bring in the report with a spreadsheet and he's like i don't know how to read this what does it say? Can you break this down for me? So, again, wash, rinse, and repeat. That's what's going to happen. The problem is that right now we have a, a, a great talent in the quarterback that might get wasted again. Yeah, unfortunately, th- that's my biggest concern when it comes to their this current uh, uh, group of candidates. But there are a couple of pl- a couple of guys out there that, you know, we've talked about Jim Harbaugh. We talked about... Um, you know, the New England coordinator that he couldn't get the job done, Josh McDaniels. Nice. We talked about a couple of guys here, but I'm going to give you a quick rundown of some of the uh, coaching candidates that they've asked for permission for. Now, don't forget, there are certain guys out there like Doug Peterson who does not have an NFL team, so you don't have to ask for permission. I have seen some uh, fans talk about the fact that why haven't they announced they're talking to Lewis Riddick? Lewis Riddick works for ESPN. They have no obligation to report that they talk to him, nor do they have to report to any team because he's not under contract with the NFL team okay so looking down number one todd bowles the defensive uh coordinator for the bucks todd bowles was the head coach of the jets for a while they didn't do very uh they didn't do very good he was a coach there from 15 to 18 but he does have 20 years of nfl coaching experience um you know his defense right now you look at the bucks defense all the yes they have all the players in the world but they're stout and they're strong and he's done a good job over there uh brian dable who is the bills offensive coordinator now He's a standout to me because he just had his his interview with the Bears, and then that night he goes out with the Bills and just completely beats the shit out of the Patriots. So it's interesting, you know. This is a, a, a very uh, salt of the earth Midwestern looking guy. He, I'm sure that the Bears fans will love him right away. He's been working in the NFL since 2000. He's been the offensive coordinator for the Browns, Dolphins, the Chiefs. And now the Bills from 2018 to present. He also served as Alabama's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach back in 2017. So I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be looking after him. And, uh, you know, the Bears were put him pretty high on their list. Um, another guy that they're talking to is Matt Eberflus. I'm guessing that's how you say his name because nobody knows. And he's the Colts defensive coordinator. Uh, he's also been uh, coaching in the NFL since 2009. He was the linebackers coach for the Browns, the Cowboys, and he became the Colts defensive coordinator in 2018. Uh, he interviewed for head coaching jobs with the Jets and the Texans last year, and he did leave an impression on Houston, who is once again looking for a head coach, so they might look at him. One of the most interesting candidates that has come out in the past week is former Dolphins head coach 
Ryan Flores. Um, it was a complete shock on, on that Black Monday that he was fired. He found success in Miami despite their roster problems. In three years with the Dolphins, he had a 24-25 and 25 record, which was a pretty big accomplishment given the circumstances of the weird shit that they had going on there. Um, most recently, he led Miami to within one game of the postseason with an 8-1 and one run this season after a 1-7 start. It was pretty, pretty incredible to see a team do that. And he is expected to be a prime candidate to get a head coaching consideration during this coaching cycle. I know that the Bears looked into him immediately. If I am not mistaken, he was the, he, they were the first team that he was able to get an interview with. And uh, he has quite a reputation. He does come off of that Belichick coaching tree. So real quick, have you uh, looked at it all at Brian Flores and what are your thoughts on him? Oh, I did look into the Brian Flores because he was the first candidate that was reported that met with the Bears. Um, right after that Black Monday. Now, stories came out that he had issues with Tua and he had issues with the general manager and, and, and ownership. So that might be something that needs to be addressed and find out what actually did conspire between all of them because it looks like that's how he got fired because of the disagreements that he had uh, on the way he treated players, uh, his way, his way he, he wanted to coach the team and so forth. So he, he looks like a very strong-minded person and say, hey, this is how it's going to be. This is how I want it to be done. If you're not going to do it, then you can kick rocks and um, you know roll down the, the, the Dan Ryan. Have fun with that. So that's what he wants out of his team. And uh, you know he wants support from the general manager. So he wasn't getting that. Pretty much Tua went to the general manager and said, oh, he's screaming at me. He's screaming at me. He doesn't want me to play like this. And he went to, and the coach went to the general manager and said, yeah, I want to trade for Deshaun Watson. And obviously that was not going to happen because there's still uncertainty on what's going to happen. He hasn't been uh, suspended or anything like that. He's just on the on the what is it the, the, pub, the or no owners the, uh, the owners the, list. I mean yeah, the, whatever list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why would you trade a, a, a blue chip asset in, in that type of quarterback for something that's unknown in the Sean Watson who's going to get suspended once this all clears out and they find everything. He's going to get suspended for a year or two or he might not even be in football. We don't know. So this you know this sounds this sounds very similar to the situation with Jay Cutler in Denver when um um what's his name went over there McDaniel's went over there and took over and then he said that he wanted to bring over his own guy. So that's kind of what this sounds like but you know uh Brian Flores never had any faith in Tua and it apparently he's the type of guy that will literally walk down the hall at your facility and just completely ignore the fact that you're walking by when other coaches would be like, hey, kid, how's it going or whatever. Even when you said, hey, coach, you just completely ignore you. And this is very uh, indicative of a guy that came off of the Belichick coaching tree. Right. The problem is, is that if you don't have the cachet to act like Belichick, they're not going to listen to you. You can't be an asshole until you build up your cachet. So that's that's the one caveat that, that i have about brian flores but i mean i feel like bringing in a young guy i want to say he's only like 42 or 43 he's, he's pretty young um but bringing in a young guy right there to help guide justin fields would be interesting um another name that has come up is former bear from the 85 bears leslie frazier now if you don't remember leslie frazier he had a very bad uh, leg injury in that super bowl uh he was pretty famous for that and uh he did coach the minnesota vikings shortly and that did not go very well but he has over 20 years of coaching experience um and like i said he was the coach for the vikes from 2011 to 2013 he has been the defensive coordinator for the bengals vikings bucks and now the bills 
And like I said, he played for the Bears in the 85 season. What do you think about Leslie Frazier? I think he's obviously going to be one of the most um, qualified candidates. I don't know. He's the, he's not going to be the hot name. Um, but then again, again, the coaching staff for the Bills is pretty much going to be uh, picked apart by all the other NFL teams because they're going to want either an offensive uh, coach um, or a defensive coach. And one of, the, one of these two coaches would do well with the Bears. If you want somebody to fix your defense right away, Leslie Frazier can do that. And he's also going to appoint a good offensive um, coordinator because in Minnesota they had great offense. I I remember um, watching them play, and they, they can always put up points. If you have a coach that can delegate and uh, realize, hey, this is what I need to have, he's one of those guys that, that can do that. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm He's not the hot name. I, and he's got the resume. I'm looking at his resume. It's just, wow. Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Buffalo. He won a couple he, couple championships. He's been, he's been everywhere, man. But my, my concern about him is the fact that he, my, there might be a reason why he is a 20-year coordinator. And it's the same thing we saw with Vic Fangio. Now, don't, yeah. now, don't get me wrong. I love Les Frazier. I love the fact that he would, he is a bear. He was on the 85 Bears and all this mess. You know, we talked about Harbaugh being a bear and all that stuff before. But, you know, I'm looking at it. I kind of look at it a little bit a different way because, you know, a, a few minutes ago, I mentioned Brian Dable, who is a pretty impressive guy. And uh, he, like I said, he's the offensive coordinator for the Bills. Right. And I think about the Bears with Vic Fangio. And I think about how the Bills look right now with Brian Dayball and Leslie Frazier, who is, if I'm not mistaken, one of the top defenses in the NFL right now. And I am all for guys getting their shot when the time comes and all this stuff. But I, I look at I look at it like this. If you're in a position to build a dynasty, in the 90s, you would have never thought of this. You're like, this is my team. This is where I'm sticking. This is this is the reason why Jasmine Daniels has come back year after year after year to stay with Bill Belichick or go back to Bill Belichick in New England. That's the way I think about this. Don't get me wrong. I bet all these guys would be great head coaches. Half of them won't, but you know, a couple will hit. But I kind of look at it like you get these hot names because you get a team that's doing well, and you never really see that that uh, success duplicated after that. Right. Yeah. You That's the only thing I think about when it comes to that. Yeah. When these guys come off the trees, and sometimes the apple falls really, really far. There's really not a lot of coaches that fall really close to the tree, and, and come up with a bunch of success. Belichick's tree is one of one of the biggest trees out there, and there's not a lot of success. There's a lot more misses. Yeah, I mean, going all the way back to like Charlie Weiss and Romeo Cornell back in the day, I mean, they did not have much success. Uh, Charlie Weiss just embarrassed himself when he went over to Notre Dame and, and uh, Romeo Cornell looked really bad when he went to uh, the Browns and then later on to the Texans. So um, one other name that we are hearing that the Bears have requested to talk to from the hated Packers, Nathaniel Hackett, their offensive coordinator. Now, he uh, served as the offensive coordinator for the Packers, the Jags, and the Bills. He's been with Green Bay since their coordinator since 19, where he helped lead the Packers' high-powered offense. He's worked with Aaron Rodgers, and he's someone who could be a great fit for a quarterback like Justin Fields. The thing I'll say about that is that if Aaron Rodgers really likes him and really likes playing, uh, you know, uh, uh running his plays and we can steal, steal him away. Hey, I'm all for it. Is he the right guy for the job? I really don't know enough about him. 
um, the Bears did request that interview for the head coaching job. So um, they're looking at him as a potential candidate. And I know there's a lot of other teams right there looking at a guy like Hackett to uh, fill that role. Yeah, there's not much I know about him. I, mean, I did hear about it because obviously because when you play the Packers, you understand who's in what position out there. But like you said, if Aaron Rodgers either stays there or moves over to Vegas or to Pittsburgh, he's literally going to take his ball and go home. He's going to take every coordinator that he wants over there. He's going to take every player and he's going to recruit and he's going to pull Tom Brady and build an all-star team out there. That's what he's going to do. So uh, whether he stays in Green Bay and the only reason I think he stays in Green Bay is if Green Bay wins the championship. That's the only way he stays in Green Bay. Yeah, because I mean, if they don't win a title, I mean, hell, even if they do, he might, you know, he might have enough cachet for another team to pick him up because they're we're up to like eight teams that that need a quarter or a new, need a new uh, coach. head coach right now since since the uh, the Houston Texans and the New York Giants decided to fire their head coaches too. So I mean, they've been dropping like flies. So there's a lot of space out there, and don't forget. The Vikings dropped their guy too, so there is a lot of a lot of uh, head coaching vacancies out there. Um, one other name we already talked about the defensive coordinator Todd Bowles for the Bucks, the offensive coordinator, former quarterback Byron Leftwich. Uh, he learned under one of the best in Bruce Arians, and he won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady last season. Many will be quick to point uh, Brady as the main reason for Tampa's success, but Leftwich left led a uh, top offense with Jameis Winston back in 2019 before Brady showed up. Leftwich has called plays for the Bucks for the last two seasons where he's had a chance to build his offense. He started his coaching career with the Cardinals where he served as a quarterback coach from 2017 to 18 and served as interim offensive coordinator in 2018. Young guy, I want to say the most, uh, the thing I remember most about Byron Leftwich as far as his NFL career is concerned is when he had a leg injury with the Jaguars, his offensive lineman literally picked him up and brought him to the line of scrimmage so he could keep playing. He did not want to come out of the game. So, you know, he's a pretty smart offensive mind. He's been in the league uh, for a long time, whether it's been as a player or as a coach. Um, I'm not sold on him. I think he's a little bit young for a head coaching role, but we've also seen guys like Sean McVay and uh, uh, the kid up in uh, um, in Green Bay do well. I don't remember his name. Um, the guy that looks like he's about 14. But, uh, you know, Leftwich, I feel like he is he is one of these guys that was a pretty big a big enough name in, in the NFL during his time where people recognize him for some of the things that he did. And it's nice to see a guy like that come back as a coach. What do you think about him as a potential head coach for the Chicago Bears? Um, I think he'd be, he'd be a good fit. I do like that um, he, like, like you said, he had, uh, what's his name, uh, the quarterback throw 50 touchdowns, even though he threw 50 interceptions down in Tampa. And now he has, you know, Tom Brady. So that's, yeah, the quality quarterback is way higher. I mean, even though the kid has way more arm talent than Tom Brady. Uh, than Tom Brady. Um, I do remember him when he was on Pittsburgh and he was over there holding the clipboard and then he would come in, but he always looked like he was coaching when he was not playing. Um, so he spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh, so he understands what it takes to, to, to coach up uh, a team. I think uh, being under that uh, organization, I think very highly of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. So for him to learn under... Um, that organization, I think that gives him a lot of uh, credit right there. Now he's been what, two years with uh, with Tampa Bay, two or three years with Tampa Bay, and um, I I really think he'd be a good fit. I think he's obviously being a quarterback that was actually uh, 
productive in the NFL. He's going to have uh, enough um, credit to to be having a conversation with Justin Fields rather than someone who played in the you know AAU league or something like that. That whatever <laughs> Matt Lagy played in. Um, so I just think that as, as far as the quarterbacks coach, that would be something that, that he, he can groom a quarterback. Um, obviously, there's a lot of sexy names out there. Um, I think this is a good good quality coach. I don't think he's the number one target. He would probably be your number three target if you can't get the first two guys. My, my biggest fear of, of a guy like this is that We've seen the Bears continually going after a guy with zero head coaching experience. My my favorite candidates are the ones that had maybe one gig, maybe another gig where they had they had to coach a terrible team, and you know like when you get you when you have to coach the Jags or the Lions, um, you know, and <laughs> your second chance is with a much better team. You know, look at a guy like uh, um, I keep going back to Belichick, but he is a classic example of a guy who got a head coaching gig early in his career and then, you know, kind of flamed out and he eventually came back and became one of the greatest uh, or if not the greatest head coach of all time. Um, I think that he might get a chance somewhere like the Jags, um, but I don't know if he's going to get it. Uh, if I don't know how the Bears fans would react to them bringing in a guy who is not that far removed from a, a, a playing career and to come in as a head coach. Um, one last guy to talk about because we already talked about Doug Peterson and we talked about uh, Jim Harbaugh. One, one last guy to talk about is Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, he is currently the uh, Cowboys offensive coordinator. He serves as a Falcons head coach from 2015 to 2020. He is a defensive-minded head coaching prospect who boasts, again, 20 years of NFL coaching experience and could be a very intriguing option for the Bears, who reportedly were considering hiring Quinn back in 2015 before they were with John Fox. What the fuck? And guess what he did? Well, he took the Falcons to the Super Bowl. They didn't win, but uh, that was that weird Super Bowl. <laughs> but I mean, uh, Dan Quinn, look, he has been a monster everywhere he's gone. He's very, you know, he, he has that Cowboys defense playing very good, even though they lost today. And he was a, a coordinator up in uh, in Seattle, too, during that Legion of Boom. So what do you think about a guy like Dan Quinn? That's definitely a sexy name. Like I said, there's three guys out there, and I think uh, uh, Brian Dable, right? That's how you say his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Brian Dable, Dan Quinn. That'd be my one and two with Brian Leftwich being three, and again, this all depends on who they fire uh, hire as a, a general manager. Can these two guys get along? You know, do they have the same uh, out- outlook on what they want to do with the team? So, I mean, having a guy who's been to the Super Bowl and he has the pedigree of uh, coaching with all different uh, organizations that have proven to to been winners. With the Atlanta Falcons, the Dallas Cowboys, even though they lost to, like you said, the Falcons went to the Super Bowl where the, I think it uh, didn't the, the power went out or something. The weird Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, the like the Legion of Doom. I mean, the Jets have always been bad, so I mean, you can't blame him for being there. Uh, but he's been with San Francisco. He's been you know with the Dolphins. He's playing everywhere, and his uh, his track record is proven to be a winner. So I think this would be a great candidate. So looking up and down this list, I'm going to give you my top three, three since you kind of gave a little bit of a list there. My number one, 
is Brian Dable. I mean, looking at what he's been able to do with that offense over there in uh, in Buffalo, looking at the type of quarterback Josh Allen is, big, strong guy. He's the same size as Ben Roethlisberger, believe it or not. He is a giant. He's about six foot six, uh, like two hundred and like thirty eight pounds. Big boy. Justin Fields is uh, what six three, something like that, and he's about two hundred and thirty pounds. So, uh, also a big, big guy that can run. So that would be my number one guy. Uh, my number two would probably be. Nathaniel Hackett. I feel like he is a guy that if he looks at the way that Aaron Rodgers is running and moving his routes in or moving moving his feet in the pocket, that's something that we I think we can definitely expect out of Justin Fields, considering his arm strength. He does have some accuracy because he threw some absolute beautiful bombs this season. But you look at uh, his highlights over the years, there were quite a few balls that were dropped that should have been caught. And that would have changed the trajectory of the game. And that kind of changes the way that the kid thinks about the rest of the game. But I definitely think that he is the type of of, uh, coach that could get the best out of Justin Fields. And I want to say my number three is Brian Flores. I, I was very impressed with the fact that you got a, you took a team that was one in seven in the Dolphins who no one really expects much of any season at all, unless they just have like some crazy ass uh, talent on that team. No one's expecting much out of you. And you come back and you go eight and one to finish out the season. And, you know, you do a great job. It's the first time in NFL history that a team has had uh, eight, uh, at least a seven game losing streak and a seven game winning streak. So, yeah, well, I'm Am I thrilled about the seven-game losing streak? Absolutely not. But I am impressed that you were able to follow that up later in the season with a, with a seven-game winning streak. So those are my top three when we're looking at this list. Well, I guess we got a lot to debate about until they make a decision at the GM or head coach. So we'll be talking about this on a weekly basis until it happens. Yep. And then next week, we'll dive a little bit deeper into their GM search. There's a lot of names out there, a lot of names, a couple of them I can't pronounce uh, that are that are getting a lot of uh, love out there. So we will see a lot of people of color is what I'll say about that. So we'll kind of go down this list here and take a look at some of these, uh, G, or these GM candidates next week. All right, fans, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, percent off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's that time again, brother. Uh-oh. You know what time it is. Oh, boy. It's time for Stirring the Pot. All right, brother. I found a crazy, crazy story, and I had to bring it out to to our people here. There is a hot dog, and so it's going to be a yes or no. Would you try it? Just would you try it? All right. So there's a hot dog that's been going out to different arenas, and it's started in Cleveland. Fuck Cleveland. Fuck Ohio. Um and then and now it's in Dallas. There is a hot dog being sold with macaroni and cheese, 
bacon and Fruit Loops. So an essential breakfast, essentially. Is that something that you would try? You said macaroni and cheese, bacon, and Fruit Loops, and a hot dog in there. Yeah, well, I know the hot dogs in there. Yeah, yeah. The other stuff is the toppings: mac and cheese, and bacon, and and Fruit Loops. Yeah. You lost me at the Fruit Loops. I, I'll have it with the mac and cheese and, and the bacon, but what the fuck? I, oh, first of all. How much weed am I required to smoke before <laughs> like looking at this thing like it's the most amazing thing on the planet? I don't understand. Or who was doing mushrooms when they decided, hey, you know what's a good idea? This monstrosity. No, I'm not eating that shit. Oh, man. I'm going to have to agree with you here. There's no way I'm putting Fruit Loops on something that, that delicious with macaroni and cheese, bacon, and already with a hot dog. With the, the, the Fruit Loops is overkill. It's overkill. And again, like you said, who? how much weed did you smoke? to come up with that invention oh uh, wait a minute so you said that you will you will not oh boy you said no? no 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 i'm asking i'm asking now you no, said no, no right? i know i won't try with the with the fruit loops take the fruit loops off i'm down i mean just go. just for the sake of argument i'm gonna go ahead and try it now <laughs> <laughs> just just to spite you just to spite just me to spite you. Uh, well, yeah that sounds about my right. god i mean yeah, I mean, yeah. I, what what is, what is going on here? I mean, like it's like the vape juice and the they got different flavored weed now and all this other weird, weird stuff. I mean, what 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 happened? What happened to us? What damn you, internet? I think Pinterest got us steeped into people's brains while they sleep. They're like, hey, you know what's a good idea? Not this, but let's try it anyway. And that's uh, that's always a bad idea, man. <laughs> oh yeah, agreed, man! Agreed. All right, before we go, I got a question for you, sir. What's that? What you looking at? What are you watching that isn't sports? Uh, okay. All right. All right. So let me start off with stuff that we, we've been mentioning that I've actually got to. So Eternals did uh, premiere last Wednesday. Uh, that's uh, a Marvel movie. It had a lot of star power. Selma Hayek, Angelina Jolie, and a bunch of other actors are in there. Um, it was a snooze fest for me, bro. It really was a snooze fest. I legit fell asleep watching it i watched the first 30 minutes knocked out watched the last 30 minutes so this is a big chunk of the movie i have no idea what happened um but for me it really didn't catch my attention so it, it might get i might give it a try later on after i catch up with everything else but it is not a priority what is a priority is every sunday i'm watching righteous gemstones that shit is funny i don't if you have not watched it it is the biggest satire of of religion and and the way it's it's produced on tv and all this it's it's come on it's a cash grab come on people get get with it it's a hilarious and it's much watched tv um i've also caught caught up on the first three episodes of uh boba fat but, yeah boba fat yeah boba fat not bubba fat not bubba i mean bubba is fat you don't, you don't so you don't get yelled at again this week apparently Go yeah Going, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Star Wars nerd, and uh, we know who is on the team. It is Gigantor. He is a Star Wars nerd and the Marvel nerd. So if you have a question about those things, you can always hit him up. Uh, so I'm a little lost in the series because I, I know of the character, and he was uh, mentioned in Mandalorian and so forth, but I have no idea what the story is at right now, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody because it's only three episodes in, and the last episode was 30 minutes, and I was like, that was it? That's it. I was way too short. Um, yeah. So, Gigantor, I have questions for you. Yeah, but I mean, like that's that's kind of how um, 
like uh, Mandalorian was like that too, where you're not talking about like these real long episodes. And I kind of, I kind of prefer them in these little 30 minute bite sized formats so I can go get in and get out and, uh, and get my little fix and, and be on the run. That's, I mean, that's kind of why I like Ted Lasso so much because you get that little in and out and you're done, you know? So that, that helps for sure. I definitely agree with you that 40 to 45 minutes is your sweet spot, but it was like the first two episodes were like, you know, 45, 48 minutes. And then the last episode was 34 minutes. And I was like, I'm missing eight minutes of content, bro. I was excited to see what's going to happen. And it just cut you short. Uh, and then lastly, I watched Peacemaker with John Cena. Just wow, as I'm going to say. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Um, this is a continuation of the new Suicide Squad movie. It hold, uh, and it holds up because James Gunn is at the head of the series. He brought over John Cena and said, hey, John, I want to continue the story, but I want you to continue it you know, as a series and so forth and so forth. It's James Gunn. So, yeah, I, I would have said yes, too. And also, this is probably the most prominent role that John Cena has had. And this is what's going to propel him into, like, you know, moving out to the rocks, following the rocks path. Um, it's funny. It's raunchy. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's following the storyline. So there's a continuous uh, uh, flow. And um, there's a lot of star power as well. So I highly recommend you watch Peacemaker. What you look yeah, at last he, week when I... When I when I mentioned this, I mentioned that it was a part of the boys, which is not correct. It's part of the Suicide Squad. So, uh, you know, I got I got yelled at too by the, the nerd gods out there uh, for not knowing the, the right show. And I'm I'm deeply I I, I apologize. It's my condolences um, for getting that wrong. I will I will try to do better next time. <laughs> you sound like Matt Nagy uh, yeah, now. I mean, what the? You sound like Matt Nagy. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just have to figure out. I have to figure out the why I said the wrong thing. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So I've been watching. The, the funny thing is, is that uh, as you know, I am very, very bad with keeping up with television shows. So uh, the show that I watched was called The End of the Fucking World, and it was season two. And this is a show that I watched about three years ago. Um, it's about a, uh, a teenager in, in London who has this weird relationship with this girl and all this weird shit happens. And it's uh, I don't even want to like I don't want to ruin any of it, but it is <laughs> it's pretty wild. And the funny thing is, is that um, my wife always gives me a hard time about not watching shows together anymore because she likes some kind of shows that I don't like and so on and so forth. And most at, almost every night when I come home, I'm watching sports. I'm not watching a TV show, but maybe I'll put a, a show on the second TV or I'll put on Xbox and the second TV or whatever so right when when uh when she comes uh to to watch tv with me she's like you say you don't watch tv shows what are you watching and i was like ah, this show and she's like you <laughs> i was like look this is a show that i started two years ago i didn't even know they had a second season i i turned on the tv and i was like oh and i just put it on and and i think i watched uh i watched whatever episodes were there and i'll probably never remember the show ever again but um it is it is a very interesting story there are some slow spots right there which you know my wife again gave me a hard time saying this looks terrible and i was like you don't know the rest of the story that led up to this point and this is very actually very tense right now it's, it looks boring if you've never seen it but that moment was extremely tense uh but anyway yeah so that's what i that's what i was watching and uh um i you know on netflix they had terminator 2 and terminator 3 and the rise of the machines and all this stuff and i was like where's terminator 1 so i went over to amazon prime and i found terminator 1 and i started watching that yesterday morning and 
I watched about half of it before we had to go and get our vaccine. So I'll, I'm going to be working my way through that series. I don't remember a ton about the series. I remember I'll be back and all the weird shit. I don't remember a ton about the first one. It's almost like watching Rocky again for the first time, the very first one before they got super commercialized. So, uh, yeah, I'm working my way through that. And then the last thing is SNL is back baby it is back um yeah this week we had a uh, a young lady who was uh famously known from her role let me find it right now uh yeah so uh, a young lady named ariana debose uh she was the host on saturday night and she was she just got a uh, people's choice award or a golden globe for west side story which uh, i didn't know because the what the golden globes were not on tv and not uh, presented alive at all this year streaming or anything but yeah i i really didn't know who she was she was okay there was some very memorable moments in the monologue talking about uh, the reason why hell is frozen over since 2016 is the fact that the cubs won the world series in 2016 and we all know what's happened to the world since 2016 so you know if you don't just do your research or just look outside and see you know why is the sky purple and you know what happened so anyway yeah uh, snl is back and uh i you know me i couldn't be more excited because I, 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 I look the episode i just watched last night i'll probably watch again during the week or maybe twice just because that's how i operate and i want to remember the the, the 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 sketches and then go back and remember it again so that's what i've been watching have you had a chance to watch a new snl yet no i usually uh it records on the um on the dvr so i won't see it usually till sunday night or monday morning so that's when i watch it so um i am off tomorrow which is uh mlk so i will be uh watching that in the morning with uh my fruit loops and hot dog and mac, mac and cheese and bacon as, as long as you're not like tom waddle and you eat a hot dog smothered in underwear no <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right, y'all. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirt. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. That is TRUEFAN15. Go and get your shirts right now. Don't forget to visit our friends over at acsi.tech and check out their career section to start an exciting new career in the communications industry. Go to acsi.tech, that's acsi.tech, and click on careers to apply today and get your 2022 started off right. Shout out to our friends at the Some of This and Some of That podcast with Coach Mo and Justice. All availables are available. All episodes are available on your favorite streaming platform. And don't forget to check out the Shine Native Radio podcast, now available on all major platforms. Mike Logic, Ideal, and Throw MC talk about sports, movies, and all types of ill shit. Go and check them out now. And do not sleep. Mike Logic's new album, as I was saying, is now available. Check out MikeLogic.BandCamp.com, M-I-C-L-O-G-I-K.BandCamp.com, and get your copy today. And the brand new music video for his new single, So Low, is now available to watch on YouTube. M-I-C-L-O-G-I-K.BandCamp.com to get your copy now. Shout out to Ronesh Panic 
serious beats and custom made for the beats we play on today's show check out paniconthebeat.com for all your mole men merch and gear and don't forget to check out prodbyserious.com prodbyserious.com and beatsbycustom.com they got a brand new beat mixtape that's out right now uh, I will give you all the link for it next week because it is right, literally coming out today I believe so uh, yeah man this is fire I love their I love their beats and I love when them two collaborate so uh, this is definitely something for the uh, for the music heads to check out don't forget to check us out on social media you can find us at true shy fans on twitter it's at true chi fans on twitter and on tiktok find us on facebook instagram youtube spotify and reach out to us hit the dms with your stirring the pot recommendations your movie and tv recommendations and just tell us what you think about the show you can also reach us on our email at true chicago sports fans at gmail.com this is usually the part of the show where we talk about dead people, but guess what? Uh, everyone survived a week, so we're good to go. <laughs> oh. All right, y'all. For Big Z, this is E-Rock. We will see you next week for episode 81. Yeah, that's, wow. our, that's our golden episode. Holy crap. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's our golden yeah. episode. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Until then, be good to each other. For the love of sports. Happy MLK Day, people. Mm-hmm. A few moments later. Wait, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Um, you know, this is not how we wanted it to go. You almost can't even make it up. It's that bad. Oh, my goodness! Didn't see that coming! I'm deep! What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos. You think that's all? Oh, I shouldn't have had those artichokes. I'll eat that poppers. Thanks, Cubs.